0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com.
1: We know, as Black editors, we know everything about everybody. I could do a blowout on any hair type. I could do this. I could do that. But I really felt that the industry didn't respond in kind. A lot of times when people talk about Black people, it's always like, oh, the struggle. Oh, the pain. Oh, the hurt. And all of that is true. You know, we have suffered so much, but there's also joy as a woman of color, sometimes when you are the only person in the room, you can feel like you're small. You can feel like your voice doesn't matter. What you have to say doesn't matter. So so sometimes you need something to hype you up to say, all right, yeah, we're about to kill it. Your voice matters.
0: I'm Kirby. And I'm Sarah. Welcome Welcome to to Los Angeles! Angeles.
2: Every week, we break down the most important beauty news and launches, interview your favorite
0: beauty experts, influencers, and celebrity guests, and review our favorite beauty products of the moment as your beauty editor BFFs from the beautiful and great city of Los Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos! We hope you stay a while. Cute. That's cute.
2: Happy Friday. We are so excited about this week's guest. She is a friend to not only Sarah and myself but a friend to all. You've probably read her work if you are a beauty enthusiast and you like reading good shit.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: It was probably written by Jessica Cruel, and Jess is our guest today. She's just like a Ball of joy. Like you can't help but smile when you talk to her. Her joy is infectious. And we have her on because she recently launched a destination on Allure called The Melanin Edit. You guys may know that today is Friday, June 18th, and tomorrow is Juneteenth. And we wanted to celebrate that in a beauty-centric way, and we thought the best way to do that would be to have Jess on to talk about this new-ish destination for allure. lore.
0: As Kirby said, even if you didn't realize you were reading Jess Krull's work, you probably were because she has been working in the beauty editorial space for a decade now, and she has worked across a bunch of different publications. So let me just read you her bio. Jessica Cruel is the content director at Allure where she works to develop multi-platform editorial content for print, digital, and video platforms as well as on-brand projects including the Allure podcast, Allure Beauty Box subscription program, and the Reader's Choice Awards and Best of Beauty Awards franchises. And she's going to go in and talk about that a little bit in our interview about what the Best of Beauty Awards entails. As Kirby mentioned, she recently created the Melanin edit, which is why we have her on today. And it is a destination, a platform to explore every facet of a melanin-rich life, from providing historical context to the most innovative treatments for hyperpigmentation to the social and emotional realities, all while spreading Black pride and celebrating Black joy. Prior to Allure, she was the WB director at Refinery 29. She has also held editorial roles at Self Magazine, Pop Sugar, where she met Kirby, and New York Magazine. And like Kirby said, she's just a joy, so knowledgeable, like such a true, true expert. And I'm thrilled that we are finally having her on as a guest. You guys are in for a treat.
2: Oh my gosh! Okay, this is so awesome because I feel like I always kick things off like this is how I know this person. But I feel like it's important because the beauty editorial crew is like pretty small. It's not as expansive as one might think. So Jess and I worked together at Pop Sugar. Yes, and I don't think we met until maybe you had been there for <laughs> I had been there for a while, right? right? And it's been awesome because. She left Pop Sugar, she went to Refinery. Now she's obviously at Allure, Killing It. You've been my editor, you've, <laughs> you've assigned me stories. So it's been such a really incredible thing to watch how you flourished
1: in the industry. Yeah.
0: I actually didn't know that you guys worked together at Pop Sugar. That's so crazy.
1: Yeah, it was my first job. And I worked in the New York office. At that time, they had just opened a New York office. And then Kirby was in the LA office. So it did take us a while to meet, but I flew out to LA to do some video stuff. And so we were able to hang out. You know, it's funny. That's how this industry works. You just meet people and they stick with you and they come back around and everyone rises and you just stay together.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. Oh my God. And then you went to refinery. I am now at refinery and everyone who had the chance and opportunity to work with you. It's like, oh my God, I love Jess so much. Of course she did the melanin edit. This is amazing. And then I had the chance to work with you a little bit last year when I was doing some freelance for Allure and you were amazing. We got to do some fun Zooms and all of that to say is we are so honored and excited to have you on the podcast today. I'm so happy to be here. I've been following along Los Angeles for a while. Really, I
1: launched the Melanin Edit so I could be on this podcast because I was like, what can I do to get on Los Angeles?
2: (laughs) Jess, your check is in the mail. Thank you. So we kick off every episode with a segment that we call What's What's on on Your your face? Face? So tell us, what are some products that you're loving right now?
1: Well, I always tell people that I'm the worst beauty editor known to man because <laughs> I don't really like a lot of products, but sunscreen is essential. So I am using Malay, their SPF 30 sunscreen, which is really great. It's made for dark skin. Love it. I'm also using U Beauty resurfacing compound. That is a favorite for me because I do morning skincare. I'm not really good at night skincare yet, Um, which is not great, but it has like the retinol and the vitamin C and all that in it. So I use that a lot. Currently, I'm actually wearing a hair wrap from The Wrap Life because it takes me eight hours to do my hair. And... I only had four yesterday. I didn't I didn't feel like it. So <laughs> I just watched some Hulu and was like, okay, I'm going to wear this wrap. Uh so they've been saving me during the pandemic because when you're at home, I'm like, well, do my hair for what? Exactly. <laughs> and we're actually testing for best of beauty right now, so I've got a lot of other things on my face that I can't quite talk about.
0: When are you not testing for best of beauty?
1: <laughs> you know, it's a 365 365- Days a year job. I'm committed to that job. I have lots of products behind me, but my entire dining room table is covered in products. And we started testing maybe about three months ago, and we're kind of wrapping up now. So when I say it's going to be a fire sale on my front stoop, I'm like, who wants a mask? Who wants hair? Get rid of it now. Yes, everything must go.
2: (laughs) Wait, Jess. Okay, so this has always been something I have wondered about because I'm not on the, you know, inner workings of Best of Beauty. So Sarah and I talk about this a lot personally. Allure has so many in-house editors, right? Like Mm -hmm. compared to other publications that have like a beauty vertical, Allure started out as beauty and then, you know, they have the wellness and all that good stuff. But how do y'all divvy this up? Does every single editor get a category and it's like, okay, you two are responsible for this. You three are responsible for this. How does that even work?
1: Well, I've done beauty awards at a lot of different places now. Like Self, we did beauty awards and Refinery, we did beauty awards. At Allure, it's beauty awards on a thousand because, you know, we really are the gold, well, the red standard we'll say because our seal is red. (laughs) When you walk into any stores, you'll see our seal. So I test multiple categories. You get a chance to sign up. But you learn, I've learned some lessons. This is my second year testing. And I'm like, never do hair masks again. I will <laughs> never sign up for hair masks again. But we need your expertise. I know and I feel that, I feel that. And you know, I wanna give it to the people but I wash my hair once a month. And so we only have three months for testing. So there was a moment where I was in my shower and I was like, I literally had like eight masks in my hair at one time I try to keep it <laughs> organized. I was like, okay. So this mask, this mask, this mask, this mask. And then it's like, I only had three washes to test like 25 masks. I had to make it happen. But I, I got my favorites out of it. And, you know, after you do it after a while, you're able to really gauge from the jump like you might put your hand in something and be like oh this this is not for me
2: yeah you know immediately from like texture and the way it feels yeah yeah yeah
1: right and no sometimes I read the bottles and I'd be like oh yeah curl mousse I'm like that's not for my hair type so I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna pass this to my colleague and move on <laughs> yes yes
2: um I love that I love that I was so curious just how that entire process works it's Obviously so much work, but it pays off for everyone.
0: Especially having to do it remote now for what, the second year in a row?
1: Yeah, this is the second year we've done it remote, which is meaning a lot of mail. Like I know my male people very well. I had their names on my fridge and they all got allure beauty boxes as gifts for how often they were coming to my house. And best believe they will be getting bags as well. I'd be like, okay, so you got a a girlfriend, (laughs) you got a wife, you got long hair, like you need a mask. (laughs) <laughs> so, it's a lot to test at home, but we're committed. We want to make sure that everything gets tested and that we're really giving the people things that still stand up to that are lower standard. So, we had continued to do
0: what we must do. Well, we look forward to it every year. And I can't wait to see what you picked this time around. But let's jump into your interview right now. We have so many questions, but let's start at the beginning. How long have you been working in beauty now, beauty editorial?
1: So this is my 10 year. I oh my God. have been doing it for a decade this summer. And it's crazy because I moved from Georgia. I went to school in North Carolina. I'm a Southern girl. And so I was saying, you know, 10 years and I'm going to come back, you know, go back to the South. And I'm like, oh, I can't. <laughs> I can't go back.
0: I'm stuck. <laughs> I was told
1: after 10 years, I'm an official New Yorker.
0: You definitely are. You've earned it. You've earned it. Well, that's amazing. Congratulations. Now it's been a decade for me too, over a decade. And I feel like so old saying that, but also very proud, you know, that we've done all the things that we have been able to do in our careers. But Jess, what has your experience been like over the past decade working as a Black beauty editor in the industry? How has it changed? What is your experience like now versus when you first started? Yeah, when I first started, it was
1: interesting. It was important to me to be in beauty because I didn't see many people like me in beauty at that time. And I made a point to write about natural hair and things like that when I first started. And I was often the only person in the room. And that was great for me editorially because I felt like I could tell some great stories. And even when I was at Pop Sugar, people were DMing me and saying, wow, like, I've never seen things like this on websites and magazines. And it really felt like I was an insider for just my friends and for my people who just really saw themselves. And so I just kind of been slowly working on that as a personal kind of passion and goal. But it's, it was real awkward with PR people, like going to events. Like I never felt singled out, you know, editorially with my editorial staff, but going to events was like, oh, so it's like five of us. <laughs> And I always used to laugh with my fellow Black beauty editor friends because we'd be in the back of the event just laughing, giggling, talking while they're giving these presentations and be like, oh, this universal this, universal that. And we'd be like, child, (laughs) I would never, okay, put that on my hair or on my skin (laughs) or my face. But I think this was said a few years ago in, um, I think it was Julie Wilson who said it, who was then at Essence and is now at Cosmo we know as black editors, we know everything about everybody. I could do a blowout on any hair type. I could do this. I could do that. But I really felt that the industry didn't respond in kind. I would get offers to like, Oh, do you want to come to our blowout? I would say no. And they'd be like, Oh no, no, no. We promise. We promise. We have somebody. I I learned that after one time, I was like, okay, (laughs) we're not doing this anymore. I I can't. And now I just email people to say, I have Afro texture hair and I do not trust your stylist. And it's going to be bad for the both of us because." I'm going to come. They're going to give me a jacked up hairstyle, or they're going to look at me crazy. I'm going to be unhappy with my style and I'm going to be unhappy with the product. So I think it's much better just to say, have another one of our editors go. It'll be fine. When I tell people I came up during the BBCC cream era, and that was a tough one, you know, I was sitting death sides and they'd be like, you know, it's very forgiving. It blends into many different skin tones. And I'd be sitting there just, mm hmm. And it's just white as all get out on my skin. And I just be like, yeah. Universal. Mm -hmm. And so it was things like that, that were interesting growing up, but now the industry is not completely different. I mean, we still have remnants of that for sure, but people are listening, I think, which is the big difference. And we've got some really game-changing people within the industry in higher up places like Essie Eggleton Bracely over at Unilever and Ukonwa, who was at Mac and at CoverGirl before that. Those are the people who are on the inside who are just really pushing our voices and our perspectives and our product needs forward. And I think that's what's really important. And I also want to say that there were small businesses who were always riding hard for the Black audience and the Black consumer needs. And that's how I met Nancy Swine from Briogeo. I think I emailed her after I saw her hair product was rated highly on naturallycurly.com. And it was might have been like just when she got into Sephora or right before. And, you know, I've known her for years because of that. And it's crazy to think how much has changed, but how much still needs to change.
2: Do you feel like certain brands avoid contacting you because they know that they're not as inclusive as they claim to be? Like, have you ever felt, oh, huh, interesting, like their messaging is there, but
1: I never get outreach? No, I think it's the opposite. I think people think they're way more inclusive than they are. And then when they come and we meet, I am just not impressed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm just not impressed. I think the hard part for a lot of brands is, especially now, after last year, everything feels like a marketing ploy. It's like, oh, yeah, Black people, Mm -hmm. we're here. (laughs) We exist. (laughs) You know, it's, it's crazy to me. It's like some brands, not all. Some brands just discovered Black people feels like last year. And those are the brands that would come to me and would want me to come to their events and want me to do PR with them. And I'm just kind of like, you were never quite a fit, but now you want to reach out again. And it's just kind of, it's weird.
2: Yeah. I can't imagine like how uncomfortable that must be for you to be sitting at a desk side with someone claiming that this sunscreen has no white cast and you're just waiting for it to actually disappear on your hand.
1: Right. And I think, you know, as a young beauty editor, I wouldn't say anything. I'd be like, okay, well, thank you. And now I'll be like, do you have other shades? What's in the formula? This is not universal on me. And look, I tell people I'm milk chocolate. Like I'm not nearly as nuanced as the dark skin spectrum can get. So if it doesn't service me, then you guys are in trouble. I'm easy. Usually I'm the the person on the spectrum that's kind of easy to service. Totally.
2: Totally. Okay, so that leads us to the melanin edit, which you helmed at Allure. I would really love to know what this process was like getting this specific vertical going. Do you call it a vertical? What would you say it is?
1: So I always call it a destination.
2: <gasps> Destination. Sorry, I'm I'm all in the publication terms over here.
1: Right. Like a platform. <laughs> but I don't know. It is what it is to anyone. Like it could be a vertical. I think whatever term I use, I don't want to sound fleeting. It is something that's more permanent than just a package, which is kind of like put out and then rolled back.
2: Exactly. Yeah. This isn't just like a one and done thing. This is ongoing. So um, how did you approach this? How did it get going? I want to know from start to finish. It's not obviously finished, but how did it go?
1: Yeah, I think it started a lot with kind of me being introspective, right? Because this year with the murder of George Floyd and with the reigniting of the Black Lives Matter protests, it really just was a hard time in addition to the pandemic. And it really brought home for me how the color of my skin, someone sees it and immediately they make a snap judgment. You know, okay, this person's a friend, this person's an enemy. And so I just really started to think about, you know, what is Allure's role in that? We're a beauty magazine. And a lot of people think, oh, that's mascara, that's Best of Beauty Awards. This conversation is too political. And when we all sat down to talk about it, because those are important conversations to have as a staff during this time period, we just really started to talk about how skin color is the thing that makes Black people targeted. And skin and skin color are things that are definitely in Allure's purview. And so with that, I started to think about, you know, how could we really service this audience in a way that was genuine and real and hardcore and just everything that I wanted it to be and I think the platform was the way that we wanted to go because we've been doing great things at Allure but they don't always get seen because the audience doesn't consider Allure you know I'll tell you right now none of my friends are Allure readers (laughs) until you know they oh I read your thing and I'm like okay thank you for reading my thing (laughs) would you read other things and they're like oh you know send me the link (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So I felt that having a specific place with all this content in one place felt more like it would serve that audience better. To be able to say that, look, we are talking about the things that matter and not just lipstick, mascara product, but colorism and racism and texturism and skin bleaching, all of that we're talking about those things too. And here's this one place that you can find all the content that you find that you feel is most pertinent to you instead of having to wade through like the blowout stories and all that other stuff. But I feel it's important that it's in that realm too because you want to be serviced everywhere. So Mm -hmm. that's how the Melanin Edit came about and everyone at the brand was so supportive with us bringing it together. The black editors all kind of pitched in to make it happen and Mm -hmm. other editors as well.
0: And Melanin Edit was born. It's so beautiful. Thank you. Even on like the video teaser that you posted that had all the different editors like doing the voiceovers and then you guys were on the Today Show and you got to talk about it. It was amazing. So, so beautiful. And like you said, you guys cover a variety of topics from, you know, colorism, like you said, texturism, there's misdiagnosis stories. You provide resources for doctors, culturally competent doctors who can speak to things like using lasers for darker skin tones. There's everything. There's so much great content. And you obviously are an expert at this. You know, you've been in the beauty editorial world for 10 years. But is there a story that you were working on or one of the editors that was working on it that surprised you that maybe there was like a I don't know, an angle or a discovery of some sort that you were like, oh, wow, I didn't know this.
1: Yeah, so one of the stories we did an interview with, I think it was four or five Black dermatologists at different levels, some who've been in the game for 20 years and some people who are still in medical school. When I found out that Black people aren't even in the textbooks, like you're taking the boards to become a dermatologist and the study book that she was using had no Black people in it. No black skin examples. The doctor started talking about how, oh, yeah, you know, when we went to class, the only black pictures were of people with like herpes and AIDS and stuff like that. And I was just like, whoa, the systemic racism is like deep. And, you know, it really kind of explained to me, let me know, okay, this is why a lot of dermatologists graduate and don't understand how to diagnose things on darker skin tones. They're not taught that. You know, we only study what's on the test. And if it's not even on the test, it's not even in the textbook, then that's why people are coming out without that cultural competence that is needed. And I think that was what shocked me because I was like, oh, wow, that's a problem. But it's a problem in a lot of different places. You know, Our next wave is about hair. And so we're talking a lot about how cosmetology schools and programs don't have segments on textured hair. And it's becoming this thing that these professionals have to go outside of their realm of schooling to get the skills they need to service was 13% of the population. Like it's mind blowing.
2: Yeah. I'm glad that you brought up hair because that was something I wanted to talk about, especially when it comes to cosmetology. Most people are educated on how to only do white hair essentially or untextured hair, but then black cosmetologists, they know how to do everybody's hair. The balance isn't there. There an equity there when it comes to textured hair. Can you give us a little teaser? Like, is there anything that you have heard or discovered with this upcoming story, maybe that you're like, oh, this is going to blow y'all's minds?
1: Yeah, I don't have too much away, but we talk a lot about access, right? I live in Newark, New Jersey, and I was driving down kind of the main strip in Newark the other day. And there were literally maybe four beauty supply stores and two wig shops. And it's so accessible to get a black hairstylist in this area. But then you go to LA or you go to San Francisco and you have to drive 45 minutes to find a beauty supply store or a stylist who knows how to do your hair. So we're talking a lot about what does that mean for black people who wanna get their hair done? We're talking a lot about changing the perspective on texturism and things like locks. We're also talking a lot about trauma because I think something we don't talk about is how sometimes Black women can make other Black women feel bad about their hair choices, about how their hair looks and things like that. So we're doing a lot of different reported pieces, but I'm really excited about it because I think our first wave was a lot about skin and colorism. And it's important to me that we cover a lot of different topics. The next round is going to be more about hair and texturism and just Black salons and things like that, which got really hit hard during the pandemic because people couldn't go to the salon. Black salon culture was already suffering because of just some of the things that have been happening with small businesses and things like that. So I think it's going to be a great wave of content and I can't wait for everyone to read it.
2: We would be remiss not to talk about brands. It's easy to ask like what brands do you think are doing great, you know, inclusivity and diversity, but I'm really curious are there brands that you think are going above and beyond? that truly get it and are doing really interesting products, interesting campaigns. Like who do you get excited about?
1: Yeah, I think Unilever, it's a huge company, but the way that they have made advocacy a part of the work that they're doing with the Crown Act Mm -hmm. and like passing legislation in states around hair discrimination and doing things with self-esteem and... You know, the new brand Malay is from Unilever. So it's a brand specifically targeted to those with darker skin tones. I just think that they are doing a great job. Like I bow at the altar of AC. She is amazing and does great work and her team over there is really well versed in the cultural aspects of what needs to happen. And then a lot of the other brands that I like are smaller brands, you know, are the small Black-owned brands that are coming up. You know, I really like what um, Deepika is doing over at Tinted. I think what she's doing for brown girls is awesome. And I think that's a segment of the population that is still not as visible as it should be. You know, I think a lot of people see the world in Black and white. And I fully acknowledge that I'm Black. So I'm part of that dichotomy. But- the South Asian group has really been overlooked. And so I think Tinted is doing a great job. I think brands like Hyper, which is a Hyper Skincare, is doing some cool stuff. Everything, the product, the marketing, the vibe, it's amazing. So I think there are a lot of small businesses that are really shining. And I think it's a great time for that. I think While I like when a big brand and a big company who has the money to do real service does that, I always think those small brands who've been in the ethnic aisle from Jump Street still deserve support and deserve love. And I think this year with the whole Buy Black push, I think those brands have been getting the love that they really deserve and hopefully the funds because people love to be like, oh, we'll be your mentor. We'll put you in our incubator. But like, no, can you write me a check?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, show me the money. Show it to me. For those listeners that may not be familiar with the Crown Act, Jess, would you mind explaining that a little bit to them?
1: Yeah, so the Crown Act is a piece of legislation that has actually been passed, I don't know the number, but in over 10 states. And it's essentially legislation that is hoping to make hair discrimination illegal. So, for example, if a student comes to school with locks and the school is saying that that's against their school dress code, then that would not be allowed. Or if someone is not hired or fired because they have cornrows in, that would be illegal. And it's just some of the small ways that Black women haven't been able to rise because once again, those snap judgments that people make when they see you is something that companies were putting into their HR handbooks. And Mm -hmm. so Unilever is working to kind of erase that. It's also through Congress as well. So hopefully the national legislation will be passed soon. They've been working through the state slowly but surely.
2: We're going to put a link to more information about the Crown Act on our website. So if y'all are curious and want to learn
0: more, go ahead and go to our website, losangelespod.com. All right. Now we have come to, we don't have a name for it, Jess. We're working on it. If you have any ideas, it's like our speed round. What are some of your favorite no cast sunscreens? Like when your friends come to you, ask for recommendations, what do you recommend?
1: Black girl sunscreen, anything super goop. Love, love super goop. Malay, which I'm currently using a lot of. And SkinCeuticals actually has a new one that's
0: a fan favorite of the Allure staff right now. I love that one. I have been using it. It is so good.
2: Okay. You named a few of them, but if you had to pick, who are your three favorite Black-owned beauty brands?
0: Black Girl Sunscreen,
1: for sure. Briogeo, Nancy is one of my favorites. My L Organics is also one that I use a lot at the house. Like, It's funny because I'm a beauty editor and I'm supposed to try different things, but at the end of the day, I'm like, Tried it, and I just <laughs> use my IL. I can't trust everybody. You know, because I only wash my hair every two weeks, like if I try it and it's bad, I'm gonna be looking crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I tend to be a little picky. Um I also love um Taraji's hairline. She just launched a new segment that's kind of more for coily hair types, type four. And so I'm loving that as well.
0: Okay. This might be controversial because you are testing so many products and you have to give a Allure's seal of approval, but I want to know what is Jess Cruel's seal of approval for your favorite hair product.
1: You realize I use like five products a week. I just can't choose just one of
0: my babies. Current favorite, current favorite.
1: We will say current, right? Because I have like current favorites and then I have like OG like things that I will dust off and go back to. But currently Nexus has this new line. It's like protein, not treatment, but just protein infused hair products for curls and coils. Let me tell you, I had to stop using it to test for best of beauty. And I was like, can we be done with this? So I can get back (laughs) to my nexus. I was like, this is cute, but that product is really great. It's a pre-shampoo treatment. And I think pre-shampoo treatment is something that I've used for a very long time. My mom used to do hot oil treatments on me. And I love Philip Kingsley elasticizer is one of my favorites. Just Go back to it again and again but this one it competes it's really good
2: we love to hear it okay who are three experts that you think that our listeners should be following on instagram dr michelle henry i knew you were gonna say i her mean of course we're like best I knew friends
1: it.
0: i i love dr henry she's the best i know i love her we had her on we love her too
1: yeah dr henry is awesome and just so kind and I'm going to her to get a little work done. It's my first time, and she was like, I'm not going to let you look crazy, and I was like, okay, great. She won't let me have more than I need, which is what you need in a dermatologist, right? Oh, my God, yeah. Of course. Who else? Everyone should follow. I think Lacey Redway. Lacey gives some great tips. Also, she's like fit.
2: Yes. I was going to say, that girl's booty. I was like, yes, show me more of that.
1: I'm on a fitness journey. And so yes, she does amazing hair, but I I go to Lacey's Instagram for the games. I'd be like, (laughs) yes, Lacey. She'd be squatting like 150. I know. I'm like, can
2: you turn around more? Just turn around. That's what I want to see.
1: So Lacey is strong and she's just a great artist. She's been in the game for a good amount of time. And I think she does amazing hair. Work so lacey's is one of my favorites as well. Also, Vernon Francois and his daughter Zayla. That girl makes me smile every time, and I just really feel that that's the kind of joy. Like I think a lot about with Melon Edit is a lot of times when people talk about Black people, it's always like oh the struggle, oh the pain, oh the hurt, and all of that is true. You know, we have suffered so much, but there's also joy. And so when I watch Vernon and his daughter, I just smile. That little Black girl has so much joy and he is infusing her with so much pride in her hair and in her skin and in her voice. I just love to see that on the gram. And then makeup artist, because I have to throw in one more extra, Denessa Myricks. Denessa Myricks is a goddess, okay? She's hilarious. She's so sweet. And she creates amazing makeup looks. Just the glow on it is So talented. Gorgeous. So those are the people that I go back to again and again.
2: Her pigments, when she mm-hmm. does the wash of color on the eyes, I'm just like, damn.
1: And she does like high gloss in a way that it like looks like it won't be all over my face in two hours.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. It
1: inspires me to want to try things because she makes it look so good. Danessa has a great story. I interviewed her for an issue of Allure a couple months ago. And she used to work for like Black Hair Magazines. And now she has her own brand. She taught herself. She's self-taught. It's like amazing. And now she's in Sephora.
0: The inspiration we need. Last question. Jess, you moved to L.A., you're a famous Hollywood actress. You are in a summer blockbuster movie. Who is your co-star?
1: Like the first person I think of is Megan Thee Stallion, and I say this because <laughs> sometimes you need a hype woman. You know, yes, yes. like I know when I before I go into a meeting that I know I'm going to have to like go hard for my team, or there might be some tension. I listen to some Megan. I've been like, you know what? body (laughs) body not today not today I'm a I'm a body this meeting okay and so I feel like if I'm gonna have a co-star I need somebody to be like you the one you it you fine you hot you you got this and that would be Megan yes
2: yes and she would bring the comedy which I think makes any
0: movie better exactly that is a great answer and also such a great piece of advice To, like, hype yourself up. Obviously, athletes do that. But, like, for an important meeting, I'm going to steal that tip. Thank you. Yeah, it's like
2: your walkout song.
1: Yeah. It's like your walkout song. Sometimes, you know, you need a playlist. What else is on the playlist? A lot of Beyonce. There's some Khalees on there. Mm. Bossy, you know. Mm, mm -hmm. There's some Doja Cat on there. Doja. I need this playlist. Yeah. It's a bop. You know, Cardi is on there. (laughs)
2: That's going to be next from the Melanin Edit. There's going to be a Melanin Edit playlist on Spotify.
1: There needs to be one. I I just really feel that as a woman of color, sometimes when you are the only person in the room, you can feel like you're small. You can feel like your voice doesn't matter. What you have to say doesn't matter. And especially when you work in a place that, you know, is trying to highlight Black voices, it can sometimes feel like, oh, I shouldn't say that. But that's not going to turn out well, you know, sometimes sometimes you need something to hype you up to say, all right, yeah, we're about to kill it. Your voice matters.
2: (laughs) Jess, thank you so much. That's the end of our episode. We adore you. And we just think that you're doing incredible things not just with the melanin edit, but with your entire career, we can't wait to see what else you have in store. Where can everybody find you or your work or whatever you want to promote? Just lay it out there.
1: So you can find me on Instagram at jcruel, J-C-R-U-E-L. You can find the melanin edit at allure.com slash the dash melanin dash edit.
2: Jess, can I actually bring up something real quick? Yeah. That makes me laugh. Like, literally, when I think of you, I always think of this. So, you know that at Pop Sugar, I handled the video stuff. Mm-hmm. And there was this video that you did. It was when, like, Pop Sugar Live was a thing. Yeah. Remember that whole thing? And we would clip out segments and put them on our YouTube channel. And there was this guy that would comment on literally every single one of your videos. He didn't have a photo, but it was like definitely a man. And he'd be like, Jess Cruel, more like Jess Heaven. Like, it was like... <laughs> I never knew that. That is- I'm going to find, find the videos. I'm going to find them and send them to you because, like, I remember being like, do we need to screenshot this guy's username in case he, like, like, tries him? to come find Jess? <laughs> yeah, I was like, truly... Maybe I need to find him. Yeah, ma- may- maybe, maybe. Maybe he's, like, the missing piece. <laughs>
1: goodness that i mean that is some great news for today i will take that and and smile for the rest of the day
0: watch (laughs) us post this on instagram and he'll comment he's
1: gonna come out out of the woodwork he's like i've been waiting (laughs) just
0: heaven i've been waiting
2: it's just
1: heaven it's so hard to put yourself out there on video and so i don't read the comments on purpose you know i don't like to read the comments just in case there's some nasty ones i can't it's a lot of anxiety being in like a open place and with all of the things you have going on in life out there in the world which is why I don't have a lot on Instagram but yeah that's positive a good note to end on
2: everyone thank you so much for listening to this episode with Jess you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Los Angeles Pod of course join our Facebook group we have some really awesome opportunities coming up where you can get seeded a new product before it launches from a brand that Sarah and I both love. So be sure to join that group. And of course, you can find all of our episodes wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever. And of course, our website, losangelespod.com. We're going to have all of Jess's favorite products, all of the articles that she mentioned and products that she mentioned on the website. Talk to you on Tuesday.